Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of the KDH podcast, episode number 59. Today, we have Ali Crawford, the second fittest woman on earth for her age category, 45 to 49. Ali, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks for dropping in the age category. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer just leave it at masters. That's <laughs> fine. That's great before it that you told me. We were just having a conversation as well, saying how I couldn't believe you were 45 as well, which is incredible. So, do you know what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. It's a good Yeah, I suppose. No, I no, suppose. I'll take that. incredible. But um, basically, I got Ali on today. I met Ali at Commando last year. We managed to get a session and she absolutely showed me up, smashing out burpees. It was good. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, getting Ali on today because she's literally put Scotland on the CrossFit map that's what I've called the podcast so like um to give everyone a bit of an insight Ali like what's your story and what are you doing now so I am Ali Crawford I do CrossFit um at CrossFit East Kilbride and um I've been doing it for about eight years so for those I'm sure a lot of people that listen to your podcast will know what CrossFit is and yep. uh, what it's all about but Every year there's the Open where the whole CrossFit community get involved in the, the Open and we all do workout, the same workout each weekend and you have to have it judged and scored and you can kind of benchmark yourself against um, all your competitors really. Um, so that's a really big event in CrossFit and from that, um, if you're serious about it, then it kind of leads on to some more serious competitions and um, this year after the Open um, I made it through to the age group qualifying stage it's called um, for my age group and um, from there it's again it's a wee bit more serious it's like a bit more um, higher skilled workouts heavier weighted workouts um, and you need to do it like five or six over a weekend and um, from there you need to get it filmed and judged and then it's obviously verified by CrossFit HQ and stuff and from there the top 20 in the world go through to the CrossFit Games in America which I was lucky enough to make by the skin of my teeth and uh, yeah I went to America this year for the CrossFit Games as you see in my old um, age category and I managed to come away with a silver medal. That's incredible. And uh, the, the, I love the title for the CrossFit Games. The so fifth. did I. Uh, it's class, isn't it? Second fittest on earth. I know. I've got the T-shirt and I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I should probably frame it for um, for my house and put it on the wall. But I like, obviously, any time I go to the gym, I want to wear it. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, people like people that don't do CrossFit, like see folk like in the gym and all that, they always hate the fact that CrossFit have kind of almost coined that phrase, like the fittest in earth. But I suppose it's like, how do you quantify it? It's, I, I, I mean, I do think that when they talk about CrossFit, it's just basically, it's everything, isn't it? So like you've got your kind of powerlifting move, your Olympic weightlifting moves, your gymnastic skills, your uh, body weight um, kind of stuff. You, you, you can run, you can swim, you can row. I mean, there's absolutely everything. They kind of leave no stone unturned when it comes to fitness and the various components of fitness. So I suppose like for me, like, I think they're quite within the right to, to kind of have that strap line because I'm not denying there's plenty of other girls that have got a heavier deadlift than me or could run a 10K faster than me or could maybe do more pull-ups, strict pull-ups than me. But it's it's been able to do all of those things, either merged together or independently and to be able to do them all at a competitive level. No, 100%. So that's kind of how they get away with it, to be fair. I mean, they're not saying, like, 
like I say, they're not saying that these people are like fitter than Olympians who are like the best of their sport and stuff like that. But I suppose it is it's everything you've like to be good at CrossFit you can have no weaknesses so there's like you know like a lot of people hate cardio but love lifting weights and you get other people that just love running and don't know how to lift the weight and stuff like that you need to be able to do it all you need to be able to practice it all and to get to a really high standard in it all so yeah I guess I guess that's how they get away with that kind of the fittest in earth but like you say it's pretty good when you, you do kind of podium at the CrossFit Games and they can say, oh, you're the fit, second fist female on earth for your age group right now. So it's nice. <laughs> no, it's an incredible feat. And I think it is. I really, really do think it is. And I actually had Michaela Breeze on the podcast, like two or three episodes on, who's a former Olympian weightlifter. And she schooled me. It was funny. Like she was, she's just a proper old school coach. And she was like, I said a couple of things and I said, yeah, like the Olympians being the best. And she said, not exactly. She was like, because it, you're only, the way that she kind of rounded it off is it's only ever fit for the purpose. There is some yeah. weightlifting events that are much harder than the Olympics. Yeah. And st- statistically, only X amount of people will get to the Olympics, like yeah. from per country. Therefore, if she said, if China actually got all of the best weightlifters, they would literally beat every category but because they're limited to the numbers that they can take and 100 percent, i think it i think it should the phrase the phrase should be coined because i used to hear it before i was more into it i was like that's a bold statement there's a lot of people <laughs> but as you said like literally getting to snatch your body weight over your head like 10 times and then go and swim 300 meters as hard as you can and then go and run a 10k in under 40 minutes like if someone can do that they are you know what I mean you're like fair play I, I'll give yeah. you that title if you can if you can do it and then get a load of other people in the room that can also do it and I think it definitely conjures up for like a something special so I 100% think the title is it's one of those things though it's like you folk are always just looking for that black and white thinking aren't they like oh, it can't yeah. be this it can't be that and I'm like there is no good bad right or wrong it's just like I it's like you go and do it I suppose the only people would really say that Ali are those folk that would like watch boxing on a Saturday night and tell them how they would throw a punch better and stuff like that do you know what I mean like, they could go 10 rounds with Anthony Joshua yeah yeah, yeah I mean maybe like I think um, like you say when you get the like competitive CrossFit I mean I think it's it's kind of building popularity and people and more people are kind of aware of what it is now I kind of feel it like maybe five six years ago like it was a, a bit of an unknown to be honest but I, I do think obviously they're trying to um, make it a sport as you like and it's grown in popularity and it's definitely obviously with the Netflix shows and stuff like that there's like a lot more pe- people are being exposed to what it's all about but I think as well that it's important to remember that competitive crossfit of the people that actually crossfit worldwide probably makes up one percent of the population of people who crossfit most people that do crossfit are doing it for kind of health reason to just like fitness reasons they like the coaching aspect of it they like the fact that it's um, an opportunity to learn lots of new things i mean you know yourself being a coach like you go into the gym and obviously there's so much content out on the internet these days and people think that they can just kind of follow somebody on Instagram and copy a program and go and do it. And if, if, it, if that's what like they enjoy doing, then that's great. But quite often you see people 
who probably aren't moving as safely as they should and are probably lifting slightly heavier uh, weights than they're ready for. And I just think that in a CrossFit environment, and I suppose any other kind of functional fitness group, kind of group X, like kind of group PT style um, gym, that you are under the watchful eye of a coach all the time and people don't tend, I mean, I know like historically it's CrossFit's had a bit of a bad rap rap because of poor technique and injuries and stuff like that but to be fair if you find yourself a good box with good coaches then you're not going to be allowed to lift with bad technique and you're not going to be allowed to push yourself um kind of beyond what your body is capable already for so it is a very for to me to my like in my mind it's a really safe way to train and it's a really good way to develop um kind of your knowledge of of how to move your body um and then from there if you want to move a bit faster then that's absolutely fine um but i think like as i say i've been doing crossfit for eight years and probably serious about it since maybe about 2016 um so maybe five years serious about it and i always went to the gym i was one of those people who like I used to still do teach like spin and body pump and all that kind of thing can I knew how to move um but I just really like the challenge of CrossFit like as you so kindly pointed out I'm 45 and I'm still learning new skills like I'm still able to kind of get stronger every year and that's not because I started at a really low level and I had lots of gains to be made because I was always I'm quite naturally quite a fit and strong girl and I've basically kept fit my whole life and lifted weights my whole life but so I I didn't have like that huge kind of beginner's gains to have to get but I still feel at 45 I still feel that I have the potential to become a little bit stronger and stuff like that I just think that's brilliant no I think it is too and I think that's the age it's someone's at an amazing point where what you've just said I used this it was actually on the same podcast with Michaela adopting that white belt mentality where it's like there's still more to be more to be taught still more to be gained and yeah 100% and what you were saying as well about like the small percentage of people actually do it at elite level is and like competitive level is so small and I think even getting to the CrossFit games is a feat like oh even, yes absolutely like even, even getting like and this is something i actually mentioned before i think when i had samantha briggs on the podcast and it's like people don't realize that like how hard it is as you said like how many people were out of 20 there was a top 20 for you to get to there so it was the top 20 that made the games yeah but i suppose so in my age category i think it like at the on the at the open stage there was maybe fourteen thousand. Um, had signed up from the open and then like they take the top 10% from that to do the next stage so say the next say 1400 um, go through to the kind of age group qualifier stage and then from there it's the top 20 in the world I mean yeah it's not easy because I think what I learned I first um, when I turned 40 in 2016 that was I I finished 26th in the world um, and at that point I wasn't taking it overly serious I just had a bit of natural ability and pretty good coaches and um yeah I was following kind of like the gym's programming which was fairly good ticked all the boxes let's just say so after I I finished 26th um without really trying um my coach was like you know if you kind of took this a bit more serious and 
kind of tweaked a few things and sorted out a few weaknesses, then you would have a chance of qualifying for the games. So I did try and qualify in 2017 and I kind of I threw everything at it, to be honest. Um, I started following, I don't know if you heard Stephen Fawcett, he does the GST Compete. So he was um, programming for me. I kind of tried to sort out my, di my diet. I stopped teaching classes at uh, like in the gym because it was kind of detrimental to kind of my strength there yeah. training. Tried to kind of sort out my weaknesses. And after the Open, um, I was 12th in the world. So I was kind of feeling that I had a really good chance. And that, like I say, I had, I, it was a really big goal and ambition in 2017. And then a workout came up in these group qualifiers that just one workout and it just destroyed me. And it was such a poor performance that I dropped from 12th place to 21st. Can you believe? Um, yeah. So you're kind of called a bubble athlete at that stage because there's some people that don't take their space um, at the games. So like quite often, if you're 21st, you end up getting a spot from people declining or maybe getting injured or stuff like that. But um, just my usual luck, uh, nobody declined that year, no. so I didn't make it. So I, that kind of took it, like I was like, oh man, I can't be bothered with this. Like I literally have like not drank, not seen friends, not socialised with friends the way I wanted to, like... My family, I'd like neglected time, so much time with family to devote to training and I've not made it. I was like, oh, no. Nah. So ne the next year in 2018, I was still doing it because I'm just naturally a competitive person. So, yes, I do take CrossFit really serious. But see, whenever it comes to a competition, like I am just naturally competitive. So I'm going to give it my all. And in 2018, did the Open, did OK. I think I finished like 30th. But then when the age group qualifying um, workouts were released, my coach actually phoned me that morning. And um, they actually said to me, oh, he's like that. These are actually perfect for you. Um, like you could actually qualify this year. This, these workouts like are actually really, really good for you. So, um, yeah, I managed to qualify out the blue in 2018, which was a, a surprise. But yeah a pleasant one so that was in the last stage group category uh the 40 to 44s yeah no that's incredible um in regard and it's funny that see like you can just get these things where the stars align and there'll be like a lot of things that are in favor of you to do as well and it's it's i suppose it's like that thing that we're saying it's coining that phrase but there's going to be within it some people are going to be they'll have a background in a specific subject or a, I mean, a, a specific discipline of that as well. And, and then when they do that, that's like they're sort of, that comes out in them much more as well. Like, and I remember I'm using Sam Briggs as an example because I remember her background was like duathlon. So when it was things like running or swimming, it was like, let's go. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like tapping into that. Um, so yeah. Like yeah, I, did, I think so. I think like CrossFit um, is... Like it's one of those things that I re I realized in like 2017 that you can't actually have any weaknesses. Like yeah. you you don't need to be brilliant at like everything. You just need to be able to compete at everything. Um, so you need to basically like um, like if there's no point coming like if you've got five events, there's no point coming like first in four events and then. 300ths in the fifth event like you need to just basically be consistent and um like just not have any one movement or event that's going to really kill you no yeah a hundred percent 
We literally just hit uh, pause there because Ali, <laughs> uh, computer was about to die and she was messaging me on my phone. I was like, what is she looking at when I'm literally going to message me to me fresh and pause it so I can go and get my charger? Do you know, uh, anybody that knows me will not be surprised by that. So <laughs> <laughs> I just bumble from one catastrophe to the next, trust me. No, that's fine. Look, to be honest, I don't think I've ever, ever, ed- I've not edited, I've edited one podcast lately. That is it. Like, I think they're better when they are literally just pure raw and people just I agree, yeah. I think you can kind of tell when you listen to podcasts, you can kind of tell the ones that have um, had a bit of editing going on. There's not the same flow, I don't think, isn't there not? It's just a comment. I think that's why, I I remember that's why I wanted to start a podcast like a year and a half ago. Like, I'd been listening to them so much. I went, I can fucking do that. (laughs) I want to talk to people and it's interesting as well, isn't it? Speaking to people and getting people's kind of insights into people's like successes and lives and what like what they're all about. 100%. No, definitely. So like to kind of come on to like where we're going there, you were talking about obviously all the different bits of CrossFit, how you get into it. You kind of answered some of the questions I was going to have as well. Like you've always been kind of fit and got into it eight years ago. Like kind of skipping by that now, like what was it, what was it like being at the games and what was it like to finish at the podium? This year at the games, honestly, it was like, without wanting to sound so cheesy, it literally was one of the best weeks of my life. It's just a shame that like my family couldn't have been there um, to kind of live through it with me. It was, um, the build-up was just rubbish, if I'm being totally honest. Obviously, I'd been to the games in 2018 and... um, Back then, it was like such a buzz, like training for it. And every day, I felt as though everybody was behind me. There was no COVID. So there's lots of like, we had like wee kind of fundraisers at the gym and stuff like that. And it was just like a real buzz in the lead up to it. When I got out there in 2018, like I didn't have any expectations, to be perfectly honest. I literally did feel like a fish out of water because... Like when you're at the games, even as a master, it's like when you do, whenever I do like local competitions, like in the UK or even like the French throwdown and stuff like that, the European championships, you always, like I always had like this kind of era confidence. I always knew that I was like pretty good and I had I was kind of right in amongst it and I would be comp- competitive. But see, when you're at the games and you know that like it's the top 20 people in the world that have achieved this, so you know that, the person next to you doesn't have any weaknesses and the person next to you knows how to push as hard as you know how to push so it's like it is quite an it is quite intimidating I think in 2018 like I definitely was just really happy to have qualified like as you say at that point I was the first person to have qualified for the CrossFit Games um like in the format of the they have now with qualification and from Scotland and I was just like right okay this is me I've kind of I've kind of made it it doesn't matter what happens from here but this year I think it was such a different build-up and that obviously with COVID last year the gyms were kind of closed for such a prolonged period and then they were open and then they were closed again and even when our gym opened back up, kind of, I think it was between like September and kind of December, wasn't it? Yeah. Like um, we had just recently moved to a new um, premises. So obviously with social distancing and everything, the boys didn't put up the rig because they were like, the main thing is we want to be able to get as many people into the like the area as possible with the kind of two meter distancing. So they didn't have a rig or anything um, at the gym. So for me, like it was great being back in the gym, but a lot of the movements that I needed to be working on, I couldn't do. Um, 
so and then obviously it shuts again January and you're like oh. but I knew this year that I was moving into the 45 to 49 year category so I kind of felt as though I knew I'd be the youngest in the age category one of the youngest anyway and I felt as though I did feel fit I feel I feel fit for my age and it's I'm like, I feel like I would have a good chance of doing well this year. So even though the gym shut, I was still training away in my garage and trying to do bits and bobs. And I have like a pull-up bar in my driveway because um, my garage isn't tall enough. So whenever it was dry weather, I was out doing bits out there. And I just thought if I could just keep ticking over and get through the Open, then I would have a chance this year. Um, and then actually during the Open, I managed to... Um, I rolled my ankle. I don't know whether you know what the open workouts were, but the second, I think it was the second week, was like um, dumbbell snatching and burpee box jump overs. And I had competed, completed it on my driveway. And um, I'd done quite well. Um, like I was quite happy with my time. And then when I looked back, it was a repeat workout. And when I looked back what I had got previously, I hadn't beaten my time by as much as I thought I had. So I decided to try and repeat it. Um, on the Monday and it was in, uh, my sister's got a physio studio and it was in her studio. Um, my son, he was doing the open, he did it first. And then I just made a kind of spontaneous decision. I'm going to, I'm going to just try and repeat this and go faster. So Ben was judging me. And then obviously I have to film it because when you think you're going to be kind of one of the top performers, you have to have it filmed as well. So I filmed it, but I basically stepped off the back, the box and just gave myself a really bad ligament sprain. And I also had an evulsion fracture in my um, medial, um, kind of whatever your bone ankle bone can't remember the technical term so I was kind of like if for the final week I was rubbish in the open because I basically had I went to hospital and all that but they they didn't give me a moon boot or anything so my sister's um, a sports physio and she basically just gave me the most unbelievable tape job and uh, the final workout had bar muscle ups in it which um, like at my age group like a lot of like a lot of people can't do it or aren't very good at it so I knew that if I could just go really slow and just get to the bar muscle ups and then maybe do like say 15 or 16 out of the 30 then I would probably do enough to get to the age group qualifying stage which was six weeks away and that would give me a better recovery time for my ankle and that's kind of what happened so I did the age group qualifiers but my ankle still wasn't recovered and um, that had uh, and it like pistols and double unders. So like I really struggled with those workouts. But like I said, I just got a really good tape job. And I think I think with CrossFit, like for me anyway, like I have got like such a strong mental attitude. Um, I'm just really competitive and I really know how to push and I know how to hurt. And I think that just kind of saw me through. And that's why I qualified for the games in 19th place. But that's why I kind of thought... I've qualified here in 19th place with two pretty crappy performances out of five with a bad ankle, not feeling that confident about my ankle, so probably not pushing as hard as I would normally do in certain workouts. So I kind of thought to myself, like, I think I could do well this year if, like, I think, yeah. like, fit, my ankle fit and stuff, I could do well. But the build-up was just rubbish with COVID because we didn't know, first of all, whether the European athletes were going to actually get to compete because, obviously, CrossFit had to get a kind of agreement with the US government, if you like, to get a waiver on um, our ESTAs or visas so that we could get into America because there is, this, well, there still is, I suppose, but obviously America weren't letting anyone from Europe in. So we didn't find out for sure that we were definitely going to get to go um, until two weeks before, two and a half weeks before. So I hadn't booked any flights, I didn't like that. Um, and then when CrossFit said, yeah, 
like it's happening you've all got this waiver exemption blah 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 I was like right away booking flights but then I still couldn't really get particularly excited because you still had to do your COVID test before being fit to fly so there's still that part of me that was like although I didn't feel ill I'm like I could I could turn up Glasgow Airport the day before my flight and be positive and not even get to go. So there wasn't the same excitement build up. But once I got there, it was just phenomenal. And this year, like Nobu were the sponsors this year. It was obviously previously Reebok and um, they just like really went for it in terms of um, the kit that they supplied to the athletes. Um, I don't know if it's because it was their first year and stuff like that, but oh my God, the kit that we all got was just phenomenal. And even the masters, I think, got as much as like the elite. So they kind of made you feel so special. Like when you got there, you'd really felt like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I'm getting treated so well here. Um, and then when the, the, obviously with CrossFit, you don't really know what the workouts are until like the night before. Yeah. Um, but they'd released day one a couple of days before and I knew, I was like, that's a great day for me. <laughs> but historically in competitions, I always do well in day one and then not, I kind of fall off the um, pace day two and three. But um, when day one came out, like the first workout was just like a four and a half mile run. And most CrossFitters, particularly the ladies in my age group, aren't really fond of just going out and running hard because they're kind of, they're more they're more CrossFit. They don't mind running as long as it's linked together with, I don't know, ring muscle-ups and a barbell. Um, but I... I don't mind going out and like I'm like I just need to go and run hard for 35 minutes basically um so I knew that would be a good workout for me and then there's always a heavy at the games and um I'm not I'm not the strongest athlete like as I look probably stronger than I actually am but my best lift is snatch and uh, that was that was the strength uh, work it was a snatch so you and you know like you know what everybody can lift around about you because you can put all your benchmarks into like the crossfit games website so i knew i had yeah. one of the biggest snatches out of all the ladies so i was like i'm probably going to come first or second in that workout and the final workout that day was just heavy deadlifts and legless rope climbs which again i was quite com- confident about so um the workouts kind of fell really well for me this year um and it was just such and i'm like as I say, the only terrible, the only not terrible thing, the only thing, the regretful thing is the fact that there was no European fans. If you like, so like my family couldn't yeah. come over. Um, each athlete was allowed one person to go um, with them. So I actually took my friend Jillian, who had trained with me all throughout a uh, lockdown on the driveway. So that was really nice for us to do as well because Jillian absolutely loves CrossFit. Like probably is the most crossfit daft person I've ever met in my life so <laughs> I, I didn't actually know that until I started training with her in my driveway so it was just nice for us like she really missed the gyms being open last year and like it was nice for us to kind of build up a friendship over 2020 and train together and stuff so for us to then get to Madison um and for me to be at the games it was I don't know it was just a really nice experience um but yeah unbelievable I like I, as I say I think Going into it, I, I, I did feel like I was good enough for like fifth. I felt maybe fifth, fifth or sixth. Like if I'd finished lower than like fifth or sixth, I would have been not happy with my performance. I felt like I was good enough. I felt where like I fell in terms of, I don't know, ranking. I kind of felt I'm definitely good enough for at least fifth or sixth. But after like such a solid day one and I went into day two in first position, I was like, oh, I just started to believe that I could podium and then day two had a swim in it and I'm notoriously bad when it comes to anything with water um so I knew that would kind of kill me a wee well it did kill me a lot 
but I still was hanging on to the first place going into day three. Um, but unfortunately, in day three, I mean, this is not me making excuses at all because I'm not saying I would have done better otherwise. But um, obviously, I'd had that ankle injury um, back in March, and it's I had a grade two ligament sprain. Like I'm, I'm still not right. I probably I don't know if my ankle will ever be right. To be perfectly honest, yeah. But I did run really hard in day one, and I just I really screwed up my calf, and um, I was like obviously seeing the physios, and I just think my calf had been working like super hard on my left side to try and protect my ankle, so I was getting cramp in my calf like nobody's business. So when they released the workout for um, day three, I do struggle uh, with my calves, um, and day three had like um, three hundred double unders in it, and I was just like I just felt as though. I was already like twinging when I was walking. I was taking cramp in the middle of the night in my sleep with it. I was like, I really felt it. And I was doing everything I could possibly do to try and help it. I was like putting all these like massage, like relaxant rubs on, on my calf. I was um, complexing it. I was just doing everything. But on the morning, the third day of the morning, when I had the double under workout, I was... I was just so scared about the workout because I felt as though if my calf was going to pop in the double unders and that was my competition yeah. over, so I wouldn't be able to finish the competition. So that would be it. And I think I went into that workout. That was the only workout I went into with a bit of a crappy mindset. Yeah. I was just like, oh, like, just like, I was just like, oh, kind of almost hopping in one leg doing the double unders. And I was just like, oh, just, I just don't, don't blow up on me. And I just, I didn't attack it the way I'd attacked the other workouts. Like the other workouts, everyone I'd gone into apart from the swim with like, I'm going to try and win this. Whereas that workout, I was like, I'm going to try and survive this. Yeah. Um, and I finished eighth in that workout and probably I should have been, I should have been finished in that workout in like fifth, the, the worst. So, and that's the workout that kind of dropped me down into second place. So going into the final, I knew I would do well in the final, but I also knew that I had, like the, the top four, it was so close. There was like five points between each of us. So, and I knew the top four would all be the top four in the final. <laughs> so it was, uh, uh, I love competing. I love the buzz of the nerves. And I feel as though I always kind of raise my game and I compete well. Um, but I did not enjoy the final. And of course, I was getting all the messages from people I don't even know back home in Scotland, like, do it for Scotland. You're, we're so proud of you putting Scotland in the map. And it's amazing that you've done this this well. Go win it for us. And I was just like, I literally felt sick. Like, really, I was like, I do not want to do this. And I phoned my husband and he does like a bit of like NLP. He's all about like the mindset side thing. Uh, side of things but I don't ever like I can't stand Derek talking about it like I, I not that I don't believe it but I think the way he describes it to me is some people need help to kind of get rid of any anything that's holding them back for fulfilling their potential whereas just naturally I, I have like a lot of self-belief um naturally so he's like you actually don't need it but I phoned Derek and I was like help me like I don't want to do this like if I don't come first or second in this workout I'm going to end up fourth and I've led the whole weekend and if I'd finished fourth I'd have been devastated so he's like you'll be fine and all this he's like just go and do what you can do you know you're good enough blah 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 and then um my coach Simon he phoned me as well and I was saying the same to him I'm like I am shitting myself for this workout I do not want to do this I feel like I'm going to blow it and he was like Ali it's handstands and heavy barbell he's like literally like you couldn't have asked for better 
he's like you're, you're making more of it than it is so when I went into the workout I definitely was I knew what I had to do but I just didn't want to make any mistakes so I didn't take any risks I could maybe have pushed a bit faster in the wall walk handstands but I didn't want any no reps that were going to cost me like a place and I finished the final in seconds but with hindsight if I'd pushed a bit harder I mean I pushed really hard but if I'd maybe tried to go a bit faster on the wall walks and won it then I would have won won the CrossFit Games and I should have won it this year to be honest Kish, as much as that makes make, make me sound like an arsehole like I'm I didn't go into it thinking oh I'm good enough to win this but when I got there like I, I think I was good enough to win it this year yeah. um, and I think the workouts like probably I've worked really hard in getting rid of weaknesses in CrossFit and I still have one it's ring muscle ups I'm still not great at them and there wasn't any ring muscle ups this year so as I say the heavy lift was my best lift like everything kind of fell for me um so yeah I suppose as much as podium coming second was like a dream come true and literally probably a lifetime ambition would be to podium at the games and that would have been a lifetime ambition that I didn't even think that I could fulfill um and I've done it but there is that part of me that's a bit regretful that I didn't actually come first well, that's it's funny that like I can I can I can totally relate to everything that you've been through like I recently went through like a, a journey for an Ironman that was telling you about before where it was literally like not everything that could have went wrong went wrong and I think like that like when I hear about like someone's journey like you got to like second place and podium finish for the CrossFit Games I always think about the journey to getting there Mm-hmm. And that, and like, see the way that you can articulate it so clearly and so vividly and in this handstand. And I know that I could have done this. It's mm-hmm. amazing because you like, whereas a lot of people only see the bit at the front, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. they only see There's the so end, much to it. There's so much there? to it. And it's like, it's an amazing thing to see like everything that's like, that's been thrown against you. Cause like even that two and a half weeks before getting told, yeah, you're going to like, you, you can, can go, to to, you can get to mm-hmm. America now. Like, like that was the same as me because my my mine was, my Ironman was meant to be in France, and then I ended up not being able to go because I got COVID. But it was like <laughs> I had to get another event in the UK. But it's so it's actually like so stressful because you're you're throwing yourself at this this thing that you're like I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to this. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's I, know. I, I explained it as it's almost like someone going to uni for like three and a half years. Then on the fourth year, they're like, nah. You know, you don't know if you're going to get your degree. Like I know. That, I suppose like, people maybe do have that experience, isn't it? It's the unknown. Yeah, yeah it's mental. And I, like, like obviously the biggest takeaway there as well, you were probably, like, it sounds like you went through similar to what I went through in the sense that you went, you were on that high, then you start going, I could, I should have finished first. I yeah. should have done, like, and that's what I'm like now. I could have done it faster. I should have done it there. Yeah. But I think that's that's what makes a good competitor, isn't it? Yeah. It's like um, like this year I've realised, like like I said before, I've I've always had quite a bit of self belief. But when it came to like the CrossFit Games, you're talking about the best in the world. It's hard to believe that you're one of the be- one of the best in the world, especially when I still get beat off people in my gym. Do you know what I mean regularly? So, but then obviously. Then, then I'm like, well, I'm 45 and I'm a female. It's okay to be beat, getting beat off the 24-year-old man. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. boy rather. So I think um, the fact that when you've achieved something great, like obviously it was an ambition of yours to do the Ironman and it's like a box check, you've done it. But the fact that you've left with that feeling of I could maybe have gone faster or I could have pushed harder here. Like, I just think that that's not in everybody, but I think that you need that 
to be a, a like a, a realistic competitor and I think for me like the whole Scotland at the CrossFit Games I'm like I, I think what I never realized before I just kind of go about but I just love training love training and I actually I am one of those weird people that loves the suck I love I love basically hurting myself really hard training I don't know why I've just always been the same I really like when I get to that dark place, I know how to push. I know how to pick up a barbell five seconds earlier than I really want to pick it back up. I just, and that's what I really enjoy. So I've just always trained more or less for the pure, like the fun of it and the passion of it. And then when you realize you're quite good at something, then you're like, well, I could maybe take this quite serious. But I think, I think for me as a, an older Scottish athlete in CrossFit and anybody that doesn't do CrossFit that just maybe wants to get into that side of things, like I kind of make it like more realistic. I, I'm sure, I think a lot of people watch like these Netflix shows and think, oh, these are full-time athletes who train for a living, have like all sorts of sponsorship deals and like financial backing. And I think I've made made people realize that you know like she's 45 she is the mother of two children she has a part-time job she teaches classes in a gym she, I mean she's Scottish she has got like no financial backing she's she's managed that she's achieved it so it almost makes it more like realistic and achievable for some people and I think that's what I like like a lot of people like let's be honest Scottish CrossFit's kind of got so good like there are so many good Scottish athletes and I think um I mean it's just what sets people aside like as as mindset a lot of the time I do think like I have such a positive mindset and I think that I'm sure there's I'm sure, I'm sure there's, well, I know there's other female athletes in Scotland that work, put in way more work than me in terms of hours of training, monitoring their nutrition, like their recovery, like take it probably more serious than I do. But I think that I've kind of proven that, yes, you do need to take it serious. Obviously, you're not going to get to the games without it, but I, I, I've managed to do it with a bit of a, ba- more of a balance. And yeah. I think that comes down fundamentally to me being a competitive arsehole and like when it comes to the competing side of things like being able to kind of like I said before go to that kind of really horrible place that's the only thing that really sets I would say sets me aside from numerous other athletes in Scotland that have not had the same success as I have and I think as well the other thing is a master athlete like like there's so many good masters in the UK. I mean, in Scotland, yes, but particularly in the UK, there's so many amazingly fit females and their females particularly, but males too in their forties. And I think that what I always try and do is, obviously, when it comes to CrossFit Games, and it's like the the the, the best of the best. You're, comp- you're comp- like that's who I care about. That's who I care about. Where I where I kind of benchmark and where I fall. But when it comes to other stuff, like I mean. I, I just still do the open, like the RX competitions. I did a comp- competition, it was a CrossFit Glasgow ran it a couple of years ago, the Glasgow Classic, and it was at the SFN Expo. And obviously at that point I'd been to the games, but I was like 43, do you know what I mean? And I just, I didn't do, there was a master's category, but I thought I'm just going to do the elite category. Um, and it was more, it was all Scottish athletes, but there was like really amazing Scottish girls in it. I mean, there's a girl, Erin Telford, um, Shelley McCoy, Sarah Allen, all girls that take their training really serious. But like 
couple of these girls were honestly young enough to be my kids. Like, I think at the time, Erin was like 22 and I was 43, like genuinely like half my age. And um, but I was like, I, I just wanted to kind of put myself against the best in Scotland, not yeah. the best masters in Scotland, the best in Scotland. And I ended up winning, <laughs> I ended up winning it. Like, and like I say, it all, it's, it, I honestly think a lot of competitive exercising comes down to mindset. Mindset. Mm-hmm. See, you've ju- you've actually hit the nail on the head with what I was talking about this week to my clients. I was talking about building unstoppable confidence, and I said confidence is just an act. Mm-hmm. It's just an act, and the more you do it, the more you get better at it. Mm-hmm. And basically, when it comes to getting the result, it's down to two things: behaviors and beliefs. Yep, totally. Like that's that. Like, and mm-hmm. see what you're talking about right now. Your belief is just fucking supercharged. Yep. And your behaviors, like as you said, I they're bang on. But you probably know some people where their behaviors and discipline are arguably on paper, maybe a bit better than you. Yep. But you know that your belief, and I, I was actually saying the other day, like I, I drew out a little graph, mm-hmm. and I was, I know no one can see this because it's on a podcast, but depending on that belief, it can overpower the behaviors. So like lack of belief as well. Yeah. So like as you said, like when you found your husband, when you found your coach, and you were like getting into that place, oh no, oh no, mm-hmm. and that was your that was your a lack of belief getting that you doubt. don't usually. Mm-hmm. It was actually overpowering your your behaviors. Yep. And it's totally fun. agreed. Yeah, it's I was insane. I was doubt that I don't normally have, yeah. and I also think though like, I think that. I think obviously with social media now and everybody's trying to promote themselves for whatever reason for it, whether it's, I don't know, self-confidence, like business promotion, whatever reason. I'd like, yeah, I like, I obviously I use Instagram and things like that and I'll put my training up, but I don't think, I think you can have massive belief and massive self-confidence without being arrogant and without throwing it down people's throats. And I don't, I think that that's where people kind of get a little bit, like a, a, a little bit confused it turns into more of a performance like I would say I'm quite a humble person like I don't shout about what I've achieved and like I know I've done pretty well and stuff <clears throat> in CrossFit but I'm just ha- like for me it's uh, an achievement for myself and if I can inspire another female in her 40s to kind of try something new or to have a bit more belief that god you know i could do i could i could still be a competitor at this age because i mean how many sports can you be a, a a competitor at 45 then i think that's wonderful and if i could have somebody from scotland saying crikey that girl made it to the crossfit games and she's scottish and she doesn't seem to do much more than i do then why can't i do it then i think that's wonderful but i just don't think that i think people talk too much about I have self-belief I am amazing I am this and it's almost like they have to put it out there and I don't necessarily think you need to I think that there's nothing more to me there's nothing more attractive than somebody who's quietly confident yeah and I think probably that's how I would describe myself like I'm definitely quietly confident and I would back myself over anyone anytime it doesn't always work off but work yeah. out and I don't always win everything or anything like that but I go for it and I, I trust and trust myself and I believe that I'm good enough and I think that that's something though that's only came, came with age and I'm 45 and I would say that that's only came probably for me in the last maybe I don't know three or four years yeah 
but that's because you've been really leaning into it and growing yeah. and, and like I think as well if you find something you're good at as well that's yeah, the thing it's like, if well, I'd started CrossFit and I hadn't been really good at it then I wouldn't have kept it up I would have but, went and found something else that I was good at well, that's what I was using the example for the all night and I said it, when we talk about conviction and belief like people have it it's not just one area like how good are some people at their job but in their social life they lack so much confidence that's because they've done it because they have to because they get paid because yep. they are they've got a role they've got responsibility same with a parent do you know what I mean like if someone is a like no one goes like I'm going to be a parent like as much as someone says they like to plan I don't have kids but I can't imagine it's the sort of thing that you plan a day and you know yeah. what to do you just become good at it because it's forced yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. And you do it and you care. And like you said, if you can find a sport that you love, and as you said, you love going into those dark places, you 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 thrive there, then you're literally a recipe for success in CrossFit. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, well, there you go. And it's 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 amazing when the stars align like that, isn't yeah. it? And you can do it. But like one of the things I was really interested about as well, Ali, is like like when you talk about what well, I, I totally got what you meant about that. So when you said about knowing to pick the barbell up five I just five seconds before I got that because it's like you can have these arguments and you learn how to win the battles in your head yeah and you learn how like I was talking I was training my friend Chris recently we done a really gritty workout and I was like I don't know what it is but it's like when I was, it was like burpees and, and ski just back and forward it was oh, like yuck. yeah it was just it was horrendous it was it was uh 200 calories and then every time you came off you have to do five burpees so we just did like 10 5 10 5 and I went, I don't know what it was about that, but the first one felt as bad as the last one. But you just know how to keep going. Yeah. Just, it's, it's weird. Like, it's just like the worst complex ever. But you're like, yeah. it took us, like, let's say, 14 minutes or so, I don't know. But it's like, you end up just floating in this hellhole, but you go, I'm all right here. I'm in my bandwidth. I yeah. know what it's I'm not I'm not in the red well yeah. I'm in the red I'm in the shit yeah, I'm, zone. Nor- I'm normally always in the red <laughs> yeah I'm in the red <laughs> from the start I know, how, I know how to stay here and I know that I can literally like find my yin and yang here and yeah. it's how do you kind of deal with things when you're in these really bad bad spots I think um, with competitive um, crossfit what um, experience has also taught me that if it's just like pure grunt work like you say like skiing and burpees like loads of people know how to heart and loads of people can just push it but I think as well it's um what I was always quite bad at was pacing yeah <laughs> like because obviously as you know like if you've got a barbell or if you've got like gymnastics skills at first you jump up you're like this feels great like and you maybe do a bigger set than you should so I think um to like for to be successful in CrossFit you've got to know your own um, levels and your own kind of, you need to stay in your own lane. And I think yeah. a lot of people can get as really, I mean, I know myself, I'm so bad for it. I am getting better. But if you're, if you've got two people either side of you, I mean, that I did that at the games. Like I was at the games and the work I was telling you about with the double unders, it started with bar muscle ups, which I'm not terrible at, but I was in between like Annie Sakamoto and a girl, Jen Dieter, who were in first and third place. And I know they're two little gymnasts. They were like smaller ladies than me. And I know that they're like American. Americans tend to be really good at like the gymnastics of CrossFit. And then there was a camera on me because I was the event leader. And I had a plan. It started off with 15 bar muscle ups. And I had a plan to, I was, I was like, I'm going to do like a six, five, four. So I would do six, come down, quick shake, back up. And 
I knew, like, I should have stuck to that plan, but I was like, there's a camera on me. I know Jen and Annie are going to go off and they're probably going to do 15 unbroken. I think my max effort bar muscle ups is 15. And so I'm like, I'm just going to do a big set. And I ended up doing 12. And my coach said after it, when I spoke to him, he says, he was sitting watching, he's like, what, what is she doing? Why is she doing practically a max effort? Like at the start of a workout. And then, so I did 12, came down and then missed the next one, jumped up. I thought, right, I'll do three. Rested for say 20 seconds, jumped up, missed one. Jumped up again, was trying to pull, like like lost all my technique, just, and it basically took me about three minutes to get 15 bar muscle ups out, which yeah. killed, killed the event for me. Yeah. But it's, it's so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing and yeah. not trusting yourself and knowing, right, okay, this workout's probably going to take about 16 minutes. It's not going to be one in the first two minutes. Don't panic. Um, and that's a learning. That's things, That's something that comes with experience. And it's definitely something I've got a wee bit better at, although yeah. still lots of room for improvement there. Yeah. But um the old grunt work you can't beat it when it's like not particularly no skill involved just go for it and hang on basically um, Aye, it's just how hot how, how long can you hurt for <laughs> yes uh, how, like, how, long, how long can you push for how long can you manage this that's the type of workouts i like i'm not dead technical <laughs> i just like going in and doing grunt work then being like that yes but i, I think that's why crossfit's got such a in just functional training in general it's so big now because like I'm a mental health and exercise coach, and one of the things with it is that it's so fulfilling. See, from a mental a mental health standpoint, functional style training, CrossFit is so fulfilling. Absolutely. Like, like there's something about it when you just go through a big gritty workout with a team of people. It's like a bond. Mm-hmm. It's totally. like this, like like have these like uh, what you call it, punching each other's fists, like have these like high five. We're all in it together. I and you're like, ah, that was fucking shit. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> but terrible. Never want to do that again. But never mind. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, There's definitely the mental health benefits. I think like with CrossFit, especially like like I said, most folk aren't competitive, but like the community aspect and like these kind of functional fitness gyms and CrossFit gyms is it's so supportive like and it is the old I mean it's not everybody likes it but the whole old thing with CrossFit the rules of CrossFit are like you're not allowed to like put away your kit until the last person's finished and the last person will get as big a cheer as the first person that kind of idea so it's really really inclusive um and it's inclusive um for all different ranges of abilities it's so scalable um so like I can go I could go in and do a workout beside my mum who can't even do a full press up, but we would be able to scale her workout so that the kind of the desired intensity of the workout and the muscles that we're trying to work, she's working it, I'm working it, but we're working at very different levels. I think that's great because I suppose when you do have people like me who have, I kind of have done quite well. It's quite like inspiring for like the person next to me to be like doing the same workout and to be like my, or to do a partner workout with me and stuff like that. And I think as well from an age, there's not ageist at all. Like you can't say like, I don't know, like handstand push-ups. Like it doesn't matter what age you are. If you want to learn how to handstand push-ups, we can try and teach you if, if that's what you want to do. And I think that's brilliant. It's like, yeah. You kind of so many people are like, oh, I'm 50 now. I should really start doing yoga and Pilates instead of of something else. Or and, and so other people are like, I mean, how many times do you go into a gym and people just basically run in a treadmill for half an hour or sit in a bike for half an hour? Yeah. And there's like so much more that you could be doing. And I think functional fitness gyms and CrossFit gyms kind of opens up a whole new kind of door to training for people. And like you say, the mental health benefits are massive because 
it's very benchmarkable as well. That's what I loved about CrossFit. Like I know I was always one even before CrossFit, like writing down my workouts and how much weight you can lift. I mean, you need to do it. Everything needs to be measurable really to know to, to, to gauge progress. Um and I think with CrossFit, it's very very rarely does somebody go backwards. So you're constantly feeling as though you're improving your yeah. fitness and, and as that, a result improving yeah. as a person. Yeah. And the, the amazing thing about it as well is like if you have your like obviously you have to have benchmarks of what you're doing, but you can progressively overload it without actually doing the same stuff. If that, that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is an amazing thing. And I remember that's why I kind of when I got into it, when I went to the first of the uh, CrossFit Basics gym in Irvine and I went to there and I was like, this is, this just speaks to me so much. Like, cause I'd always done a bit of functional style training. I used to be in the military and stuff. And like, I'd always like took parts of that. And to be honest, I was just seeing it as just a fraction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, I was like, oh, this is a sport. Like there's actually <laughs> people that do this like in a way that's like fun. Um, And then like, yeah, like it's amazing when you can just, as long as you're like, in certain elements within it if you're taking that and applying a similar load of volume you can see it go up and it's such a good thing like one of my clients posted that into my group the other day like literally just it's such a refreshing thing when you you notice yourself get fitter you Better, go back yeah. and repeat a workout and you're like i've done that five minutes faster yeah and i felt totally. good mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's a very very fulfilling feeling when you do that as well and so, so. motivating as well isn't it in terms yeah. of like so many people lose motivation um and i think like I'm one of these people that I would never bash any form of exercising. Like I know a lot of PTs are like CrossFit is the only way, or you should only lift weights, or like like there there are there, you get all the PTs like body pumps terrible. It's good you don't have full range of movement. Spin fits a waste of time. I'm like not like that at all because yeah. the way I see it, like I I do a bit of PT myself, and the way I see it is that you should it should be fun. If, yeah. If you enjoy going to a body pump class three times a week and uh, it's getting you off the couch and lifting weights, albeit with your limited range of movement, you're still moving weights and you're still moving safely and you're moving for an hour. How can that be a bad thing? Yeah. And uh, if that's what somebody likes. And I think that for me, it's it's about finding what you like. Like, I'm not going to criticize the ladies or the guys that go into the gym and run a treadmill with no gradient for an hour if that if that's what they enjoy if that's their kind of mental release if they getting out the house they they feel good about themselves after it then bloody marvelous um because it's making them fitter it's it's not doing anything other than making them fitter um but i think it's so important to find something that really kind of i don't know get she in a way that for me my training now isn't something that I do to aesthetically look good it's not something I do because I need to keep fit or I want to look good for my holidays or I want I don't even do it because I want to compete I'm not like I'm not training now because I want to get to the games next year I'm changing now because I actually just genuinely love what I do I love the feeling of getting stronger I love the feeling of trying new moves of doing different things and putting different things together I like the freshness across fit and functional fitness where you can maybe have 10 skills but they can merge they can go together in different permutations in a workout so it's always kind of um you never know how it's going to go down it's the unknown isn't it it's the training for the unknown and that's for me what inspires me to keep training every day like don't get me wrong after the games when I took COVID and everything and I think probably like I haven't been training my CrossFit box quite so much lately either just 
and because I've I've been doing like I've been doing a couple of classes there, but I've been doing some um the, the guys in our gym they run a competitive programming um well a competitive program so it's for people that take it a bit more serious um so we kind of have to do that in open gym times and. I really like that competitive programming because it hits everything that I need to hit in terms of it's always got a strength piece, like there's always a bit of skill work and then you've got your conditioning, but it's not like all the, I mean, all these programs, got people like doing three sessions a day and all that, like I don't have time to spend three hours a day in the gym as much as I would like to. So I feel as though um, the base compete programming is I'm in and out in 90 minutes if I want to be um and that kind of suits me like it's got the intensity and it's got everything I need but I've been I've just been doing that in my local JID gym that's opened up um just because the times that I can train are kind of a bit better in there but and I've just been really enjoying it and I'm doing it because I enjoy it and loads of people come up to me in that gym because I'm probably they have a whole kind of illegal functional fitness area which is bloody marvellous like it's as good as any CrossFit gym but a lot of people don't know what to do in there like you get the I don't know, people doing pull-ups in the pull-up bar and, I don't know, squats and deadlifts in the, the lifting platforms. And then, of course, somebody that does CrossFit comes in and I start doing bar muscle-ups and dumbbell snatch and burpee box jump-overs and linking it together with ski erg and cleaning jerks and stuff like that. And I think people are like, oh, my God, what the hell is this Maddie doing? But loads of people have come up to me and asked me about it and stuff like that. And I think that's cool because... I'm just doing what I enjoy and that's what fitness should be. You should be able to just go and do whatever you really enjoy. And for some people, that's a sport. For some people, it's the gym. It should just be what what makes you happy, really. No, I think that's a, a really good way to round it off, Ali. Like, uh, I think it really, really is. It's just about that celebrating movement. And I was one of those PTs that used to pure go, no, you shouldn't do this, you should do this. And it wasn't really because I was, I've always been open-minded as in like to do everything. But like the the thing I always get across to everyone now, I'm like, I good. If you want to do that, I'm loving that you're loving it. But if you want this result, then I would suggest doing this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want bigger muscles, let's go and bodybuild a wee bit and add in some yep. functional training. Let's kind of move away from spin. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it's like, but if you love doing spin, let's keep it in there once per week or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But, but the results that you want, we'll do this. And it's like, the same way i'm still i always just i always i don't agree with like uh what's it called uh what they called diet clubs i'm not a big fan of diet clubs no. I, I used to be on the fence off the fence and now i'm like man they just create complexes yeah uh, i agree i think especially in women I, I don't know if you work with a lot of women i think that um I mean, it's easy for me to hear to sit here and say I don't agree with diet clubs because I've never had an issue with my weight, and that's and to, to be honest, that's not because I've not had a shit diet because like every other person, um, like I as much I I have go through times where I eat absolute shit, and I think that like I've had two kids. The day I went into labour with my oldest, I was fourteen stone three. I'd put on over four stone, so like. I've, I'm not like, but I've never actually had a battle with my weight in yeah. terms of not being able to shift weight or anything like that. And that, so I've never had to go to a club or to be perfectly honest, I've never had to overly watch my diet. Um, and I, I mean, I do know like you can't out train a bad diet, but I think you can definitely, you can to a certain extent. Like, you can, I, you can, yeah. I, I don't, I don't 100% agree with that statement because like, like there's been times when my nutrition is shocking. <laughs> and I'm not even just talking about like nutrition. I'm talking about my calories are very high too, but at the time I've been doing a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like like I'm not feeling amazing for it, but yeah, it's like like it depends on what scale does that really mean that that saying? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you, are you talking about? Energy levels? Are you talking about body composition? Like, it's one of those. So things much that, has always been about for females particularly about losing weight and looking a certain way, and I think that it's almost as for me, it's more about a quality of yeah. intake, um, and that's what I try. Like my calorie intake is probably quite high as well, but. I try to eat more quality foods and I try not overthink it. Like I, I've, I've started teaching spin again and I really enjoy teaching spin, but I'm doing four classes a week. So I'm probably on a week about like burning an extra 3000 calories and I've just been flipping starving and because I've not had proper food prep, I've been eating crap just because my body is just craving foods because I'm just burning more calories. So I think that as as simplistic as I know that like you've got all your James Smiths and all that, like calories in versus calorie out. But for me, it's try and eat better quality food and try and yeah. move more. And yeah. then that's pretty much fundamentally it. <laughs> And I think like you say, like, I think as well for me as well, if you then start getting into your training, like obviously you've got your people that actually train for aesthetics and for bodybuilding competitions, but like for, for me, like the way my body looks, I'm more than happy with it, but it's because it is, it is what it is because it enables me to be as good as I want to be at CrossFit. Like if my coach said to me, maybe try and eating another 40 grams of protein daily or up your calories by X amount, then I would try it if I thought I was going to improve my performance or make me a bit stronger or like set me up to be better condition, in a better position for a competition, then I would try it. But it's, uh, it's quite refreshing as a female to be able to be in that mindset and not to be racked with guilt you speak to so many people females especially who are like okay i'm on 1200 calories and i'm like it's almost definitely not going to be enough unless you're sitting in your arse all day every day yeah um but it's it's education and that's why people like yourself like as once you get like a kind of following and you can try and educate people a bit more um then that's that's amazing because i think people are definitely very uneducated when it comes to foods and quality foods and what it can do for you in terms of energy levels and recovery and strength and stuff like that no 100 it's so nice to hear that as well from like a lot of people that a lot of females will look up to as well that you're just saying it's more about like it's i think the biggest thing to take away from it we could go down a a pure literally uh, what you call a tangent about (laughs) what to eat and do this but the biggest thing is what we mentioned halfway through beliefs and behaviors yeah you're just you're like it's your body what you do how you feel how you look isn't something that's the prime focus but it's also the byproduct yeah of your and it's a byproduct i'm happy with i'm not going to be one of these girls like oh my i like i've i'm quite happy with my body i I think i look pretty good for 45 but it's not for me it's like so down the pecking order of what's important in my life and like you say it's a byproduct of everything else that goes on in my life and everything else that i do and how i live my life and it's quite, as I say, it's quite refreshing when I listen to some people that have battles with weight and with calorie intake and food and uh, like, uh, it's a a difficult journey for these people and like you, I'm not a huge fan of the diet clubs and stuff like that, but I think it's very easy to sit and say, nah, not for me, but yeah. No, I know. People have had different journeys, haven't they? Yeah, everyone's journeys looks different on paper, do you know what I mean? But it's all, they're all just trying to get that one collective to get better, isn't it? That's yeah. it. 
But yeah, no, Ali, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the podcast today. We were getting to even educate people a wee bit more as well at the end, which was good talking about, about nutrition, body composition. But do you know what? That's what the podcast is all about. It's there to open people's perspectives and change their beliefs. That is it. It's just to, to shape folk and allow them to adopt that mindset. And do you know what? No one's going to come away from this podcast and start doing bar muscle ups. No. no one's going to come away and get into the CrossFit Games. Well, you what? never know. You yeah, never you know. know. <laughs> it might be the starting point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. exactly. That, that's the beautiful thing. Someone's going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I took something away from that. Or it might be something that we didn't even notice that we were talking about. And someone just had a light bulb moment. And that is exactly what it's all about. So um, where can everyone find you on Instagram, Ali, if they want to follow you? Okay. Well, I did change. I, changed, I used to be a name and then I changed it Um so as people could find me easier after the games. Yeah. Um, I am Ali Crawford, 1304. Yeah, so check out Ali on Instagram and then you can see her doing some grueling workouts and stuff as well. She puts them up, flinging what's <laughs> about, making me feel weak. Um, and yeah, no, um, and obviously guys, if you tag, if you screenshot the podcast, stick it onto your story and tag both me and Ali on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, it'd be great because then we can have a wee chat about your biggest takeaways and all that as well. But um, thank you very much for coming on today, Ali, and I will catch you in a bit, guys. Thank you later. so much for having me. No, that's all right. No problem at all.